You may be seated. Dear Lord, just uh, thank you for another day to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, I pray that your presence would dwell here with us, Lord. Any um, issues, anything that's aching on our hearts, Lord, anything that's on our mind, pray that we would just leave that at the door, Lord, and pray that you would just give us a word today that could help encourage us, Lord, that we could take out into the world, Lord, and just shout how great your name is. And I thank you for all this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Delivering Word, whether you're joining us here in person or you're watching this over YouTube or listening to the podcast. We just appreciate you being here. You know, we're going to continue our series, God at Work. And for this series, we're working through each book of the Bible, going from Genesis to Revelations, giving an overarching theme on each book of the Bible. Last week, Brother Fred preached through Solomon, and this series has just been great. I don't know if it's been great for you, but I know it's been great for me uh, for multiple reasons. One, if you are uh, never walked through each book of the Bible, this is just a great chance to just see how God works has been working through each book of the Bible. Then for those who have been through the each book of the Bible, this is just a great reminder and a chance to go deeper in that. And then the last thing I would say about this series being good is just a chance to just see how God has been at work just from each book to each book. Today we'll be in 1 Kings. If you would flip to 1 Kings chapter 9, we're going to go through verses 4 through 6, 4 through 7. So if you would turn there in your Bibles, I will be preaching out of the NLT version, but feel free to follow along in whichever version you have. Then when you get there, just give me a nod. Chapter 9, uh, verses 4 through 7. 4 through 7, 9, 4 through 7. Give me a nod or a head shake or something when you get there. You can stay seated for it, though. Starting off in uh, verse 4. As you know, if, somebody say if with me. Yeah. If, as you know, if you will follow me with integrity and godliness, as David your father did, obeying all my commands, decrees, and regulations, then, somebody say then, then, then I will establish the throne of your dynasty over Israel forever. For I made this promise to your father David, one of your descendants will always sit on the throne of Israel. Verse 6, but if you or your descendants abandon me, and disobey the commands and decrees I have given you. And if you serve and worship other gods, then I will uproot Israel from this land that I have given them. I will reject this temple that I have made holy to honor my name. I will make Israel an object of mockery and ridicule among the nations. Thank you. So just to catch us up with what's going on here in 1 Kings chapter 9, just to talk about a couple of the previous chapters before that, one of the things that's happened here is that God's people have been unified under King David. And last week, Fred mentioned uh, King David. And so uh, Israel has been unified under him. Something else that's happened here in uh, 1 Kings is that Solomon's father, David, has grown ill and eventually passes away. 
But before uh, David passed away, he selected Solomon to be the next king of Israel to lead God's people. And in leading God's people, God gives Solomon incredible wisdom to lead them. And when I say incredible wisdom, I mean wisdom like you've never seen before. Which brings us to our first point today. I'm a points person. It's just how I do things. Uh, doing God's work requires a certain level of integrity and godliness. You ever pray to God and ask God for something? When you do this, do you ever think the answer could be no? I know a lot of times when we pray or ask God for things, especially in my younger days, I always thought I was supposed to get it. Like, I never thought the answer could be no. Like, if I asked for it, I was like, I was supposed to get it. I treated God more like a genie than like my heavenly father. And I know for myself, when you treat God like a genie, you can grow frustrated with him because you're like, well, God, I'm asking for this. Why am I not getting it? And we end up losing sight of what God's doing in our lives because we start to look for things that we want in our lives rather than what we actually need in our lives. So a few months ago, we had a guest preacher, Damon Connolly, come here and preach. And in his sermon, I got really convicted. I got really convicted because he uh, did a great job reminding me that God has been at work through this church. And I don't know about you, but you know how you can kind of just grow numb to things? Like, if you've been a part of things for so long, you just kind of, like, lose sight of, like, man, God is working here. Like, man, he is doing some magnificent things here. And just to remind you of a few that I thought about this past week. Man, when we first started as a church, we used to, uh, for worship music, we used to play music off of my iPhone. We would go to Apple Music, select a few songs, and before the preacher came up, we would just play songs on that. Now we got people playing the drums, we got people back there on the bass, a keyboard, we got a DJ, we got plenty of people that come and lead us in worship. Like, God is moving in this place. We also used to, back in the day when we first started, to record our sermons, we would use a voice recorder. We would set up a little voice recorder up here as we preach, and then we would download the audio and send that out to different people throughout the week. Now we got a video camera. We got our own website that we put our videos on. We got our own YouTube channel. We even have a podcast now, which if uh, when you log into the podcast, you can see different people that listen. And we've got people all over the world that have tuned in to the podcast and just hear what God is doing here at Delivering the Word. Another thing and last thing that I'll talk about that God's done here that I was just reminded of this week. Uh, we used to meet at the YMCA right down the street. And I think we got short notice that they were going to close down and start remodeling. So we had to find a new church home. Well, luckily, we had built a pretty good relationship with the lady that was the former director of the Y who owns this place with her husband. And they allowed us to move into this place to continue worship. So we didn't have to shut down production or find another spot to go and lay off for weeks or anything like that. But after we left there, we were able to immediately move in to here. So it's just good to just be reminded of how God is working throughout our lives. And you know, sometimes when uh, you start something or go different places, you may feel unqualified or not qualified to do certain things. Now, I say Solomon was wise and had wisdom beyond measure. But when it came to leading God's kingdom in, you have to go back and look at this for yourself. If you see in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Now, O Lord my God, 
You have made me king instead of my father, David. But I am like a child who doesn't know his way around. Have you ever felt like you weren't qualified to do something? Like you just didn't have the tools in your belt or like, man, I just don't have the experience to do this. Maybe it's becoming a first time parent. Uh, haven't been blessed with that yet, but you know, I heard experiences from other people. Maybe it's your first time DJ in a mirror or maybe it was opening your own business, Mariah. Becoming a big brother, big sister or starting a new job or moving to a new city. But when it comes to being God's people, when it came to being king, uh, God's people, King Solomon had no idea what he was doing. Sometimes we don't know what we're doing either. But God gives us what we need to do his work, even when we don't feel qualified to do it. Because Solomon asked God for wisdom, God gave it to him. Solomon didn't ask for the newest car to be TikTok famous or to be known by everybody in the world. He asked for wisdom to do God's work. When you look at 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 10 through 11, you see that it says the Lord was pleased with Solomon. He asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life of wealth or death for your enemies, I will give you what you have asked for. I will give you wise. I will give you wise and understanding hearts such as no one else has ever had and will ever have. Now, Solomon has some great wisdom, has some great integrity because he used his position to glorify God and serve others around him. Now, I know a lot of us can get caught up in ourselves and try to use our positions to glorify us, but we're not called to glorify ourselves. We're called to glorify God with the positions that we've been blessed with. A good question to think about is, do we use our positions to glorify God? Like the positions God's put us in, whether that's on our jobs or in our households or whatever we may be doing in life, do we use those things to glorify ourselves or do we use those things to glorify God? Which brings me to my next point, which mean, which says doing God's work requires our obedience. God called Solomon to obey all of his commands, not just some of them, not just part of them, not just when Solomon felt like it or when Solomon was having a good day or things were going his way to obey all his commands. But all the time he was called to obey God's commands. And I feel like we live in a society now and at least the conversations I have with people where I feel like um, obeying God is subjective. Where it feels like it's based on people's life experiences, where it's based on how people feel, where it's based on if it lines up to people's own personal beliefs. Well, I'll be obedient in this area of my life, but, you know, I won't be obedient in that one because I really don't agree with that part of what God is saying. Well, I'm going through this right now. So, you know, I'll obey God when I come out of this. You know, we can all come up with any type of excuse we wanted to when it comes to not obeying God. You know, Solomon could have had plenty of reasons for not obeying God. I mean, his father just passed away. His own brother tried still in uh, still in his spot as king of Israel. And his brother ended up passing away. So he could have came up with several reasons why he could have told God, hey, this is just this ain't the time right now, like to be obeying you. 
But nevertheless, Solomon was still obedient to the Lord. And obedience leads us into God's blessings. Because Solomon was obedient to the Lord, God blessed Solomon beyond measure. Sometimes we want God to bless us first and then serve him. But if you go back to the verses that we read earlier in chapter 9, God told Solomon, if you do this, then I will give you all of this. He didn't give Solomon all of this and say, now obey me. Obey me first. Because Solomon was obedient to the Lord, God blessed him with immeasurable stuff. One of those things being gold. This man had gold on everything. Gold on his chairs, gold on, gold on the throne, gold on his shields. This man was even drinking out of gold cups. I thought I was doing something when I bought a Yeti cup that lasted 12 to 24 hours that could keep my, keep my drinks cold. And this man's drinking out of gold cups. Solomon's throne was better than anybody's in the world. This man had fleets of ships that would come every three years with just tons of goods on them. Just this man was just wealthy. God just continued to bless him because of his obedience. Solomon was richer and wiser than any man that was ever known. People all over the world came out to see this man, to seek his wisdom, to seek being part of the blessings that he was given. Now, don't get it twisted. Solomon didn't, wasn't obedient to God in order to get blessings. He wasn't like, I'm doing this like a bargaining system. He was obedient to God because of his heart posture. Like his heart wanted to be obedient to God. That's what he wanted to do because of his heart. And that led to being blessed by God. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to start going to do God's work today so I can see my bank account go up a couple dollars today. It's like, I don't think that's how it works. Later on in uh, chapter 11, Unfortunately, we see Solomon turn from the Lord. And disobedience, which is my fourth point, leads us away from God. The more we are disobedient towards God, the more we're willing to turn from him. Not saying we lose our salvation by being disobedient, but it, uh, it, we don't get to experience as much of God's blessings when we're disobedient. Like, we don't get to experience all of his rewards when we're disobedient. You know, one of the saddest things that I've ever heard, heard this about a year ago, some talking to a friend of mine, and they told me they just don't feel connected to God anymore. And I was like, that's a, that's a, strong, that's a strong and sad comment. And the fact of the matter is this friend at the time was walking in sin. And it's sad to say that when we walk in sin, um, that connection with God doesn't seem as strong. God hasn't left us, but the feeling may not feel be there just because of the weight of our sin that surrounds us at the time. The more we walk in disobedience, the less we feel that connection. We start to justify our sin. We start getting good at hiding our sin. We may even start finding joy in our sin the more that we walk in it because our flesh just grows numb to it. The same Solomon who was obedient to the Lord is now doing things that God warned him not to do. The Lord warned him not to do these things because he told him, he was like, you do this, Solomon, you're going to turn from me. One of the things he warned Solomon not to do, he said, don't marry any women outside of this land. Solomon doesn't do anything in uh, mediocre. He, he goes well beyond with whatever he does, whether that's being obedient or disobedient. This man goes over and beyond. So he said, don't marry any women outside this land. This man went and got 700 wives. Not only did he get 700 wives, 
he got 300 concubines. I don't know how Solomon was able to do all of this, uh, but like I said, he, he, he goes over and beyond in what he does. Uh, God told Solomon, uh, if you go searching out these other wives, that you're going to end up bringing their gods back into your culture and having people worship them. And unfortunately, that is what happened. He ended up bringing other gods back into Israel's culture, and they're now worshiping other gods when they were once unified under King David's rule. You know, Solomon's heart revealed was revealed through his actions. A lot of our hearts are revealed through our actions. I was at work a couple weeks ago talking to a friend of mine, and I work downtown. And so unfortunately downtown there's a large homeless population. And so uh, can I be real in here? All right. So I, I can get a little annoyed when people keep asking for like, Hey, you got anything, all that stuff. So I get, I can get a little annoyed, grow, grow numb to it. And so uh, I got so numb to it, I started putting my headphones in, like my AirPods, so that I didn't have to act like I heard the questions. So, uh, and I was telling this story to somebody. And you ever know you, you tell somebody a story and you automatically start to feel like a jerk? Yeah, like, so that's what I felt in that moment. Like, I automatically felt after I told the story about how I ignore homeless people downtown and that I'm a preacher, uh, at delivering word, I'm like, you know, it's probably a, this probably ain't the best story to uh, tell somebody. So God really convicted my heart. So this past Monday, one of the benefits of working where I work, they give us food at the end of the night. So you know, have free meals. So that saves money in your pocket. So I'm leaving work and I'm passing this homeless lady, and I see her sitting there. And she says, uh, "Hey, can I have that?" Act like I didn't hear it for a second. And I'm like, man, I was convicted about this guy working on my heart. I'm like, okay. So I turn back around and give the lady the food and she jumps at me. Ah, and I'm like, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on right now, but you know, you can't control other people's actions. But I was like, you know, it was still just reveal my heart, like the heart that God had worked on me to be able to not making this about me, but just, you know, before my actions were prideful and all about like, man, I ain't giving nobody nothing. I've worked hard for this. I I got to eat tonight too. So, uh, but God, it really worked on my heart to be like, man, take, take time out. You've been blessed to get free meal after free meal after work. Man, can you not bless somebody else with a free meal regardless of what their reaction uh, may be to you? So overall point here is that, man, our actions reveal our heart. Um, because of Solomon's heart, not only did he suffer, but Israel suffered as well. So his actions didn't just affect him and his life, but it affected the lives of the people that he was in charge over, that he was ruling over. The kingdom that was once united ended up splitting into two kingdoms, and those two kingdoms would eventually be exiled out of Israel because of one man's disobedience. But here's the good news. The good news is that God keeps his promises. Regardless of how Jonathan may act or how Jonathan may do things or however much sin I may be doing this week or how disobedient I am or how obedient I may be, God keeps his promise. Regardless of what I do. Even though things looked rough for Solomon and Israel because of his sin, God had made a promise to them that he would uphold to them. When all hope seemed lost, God found a man that was arrested Israel Israel drived out of uh the Israelites drived out of Israel and 
it looks like they're not going to be on the throne anymore. That was the original promise that somebody would be on the throne from their bloodline ever since if they obeyed God. Well, they didn't obey God, so they're driven out of uh, they're driven into exile. But God kept his promise by taking some guy that was in jail and getting him back into the royal company, which would eventually fulfill part of God's promise of a messianic king coming through that bloodline. You know, we may not always keep our promises. If you're like me, sometimes I can't even remember what I what I said yesterday or what I did yesterday. And I was talking to Pastor Joplin a couple weeks ago about this. I was like, man, you know, it's funny to me when people question God and his promises. But I'm like, I don't even rem like people be like, man, Jonathan, what you do last week? I'm like, I don't really remember. <laughs> like, like, or man, you remember saying this? And I'm like. Not at all. And it's like, I can't, I can't remember everything that I said even just yesterday, but it's like God can remember everything that he said from beginning of time to the end of time and doesn't renege on any of it. God called Solomon not to be perfect. He told him, man, be like your father, David. And David was no perfect man himself. So the, the, the goal here isn't to, to be perfect here. But it is to worship God. It is to this man turned away from God. The object is now to turn back to him. You know, David had his ups and downs. Solomon has his ups and downs. One thing I love about reading the Bible is you get to see all these stories about people that, man, they go on these highs and lows and you just get to see God's grace with each and every one of them. Like, I think people have this depiction of the Bible and they think just perfection. It's like, yeah, you see that with Jesus. But you see, with all these other people, that's the last thing you see is perfection, which gives should give a lot of us hope in this room uh, that may have turned away from God or maybe going through a rough patch right now or may feel like, man, I just I can't do it all. I, I know sometimes I know when I'm walking in disobedience, I think I have to do this grand gesture to get back right with God. And the fact of the matter is that if once we're saved, we're, we're saved and we don't have to do some grand gesture to all of a sudden earn our faith back. A lot of times it's just, man, repent. Just turn back to the one that you were supposed to be worshiping. And you don't have to wait till next week or make a New Year's resolution to do this. I mean, you can start today. Like, you can start right now, here in this moment, worshiping God again. There, there's no criteria that you have to go through to get back in right standing. Um, start doing what you're called to do. Like if God's called you to do something for his kingdom, continue doing it, pick back up doing it, keep moving forward in what he's called you to do. Another thing I have down is to read our Bibles, read our Bibles, remember God's promises to us. A lot of times I think it's easy, especially with the day-to-day -day of life, to forget what God has promised us. And when we forget what God has promised us, it's hard to be obedient. We start to become, woe is me and what I don't have. And it's like, man, God, has he promised us an eternal life with him, which is better than anything we could have ever imagined. Another thing that I have now is that, man, just talk to God, pray, like just have conversations with him. And uh, Pastor Joplin always says this, he can handle your mess. He can, he can handle whatever you say to him. Like, it's not shocked by it. And lastly, I close with this, that I tell people that, man, God is in the same place that he's always been. Even back in the garden, God wasn't hiding from Adam and Eve. They were hiding from him. 
but yet God still pursued them just like he's still pursuing us today. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for another day to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, I pray that your word would just go forth and just touch our hearts, Lord, and just help us to walk in obedience to what you've called us to do. Lord, we thank you for the work that you're doing here delivering word, but just not here throughout the country, throughout the world, Lord. And we thank you for allowing us to just be a, a part of it, whether that's bigger, feeling like that's a big role or a small role, Lord. Uh, Lord, just thank you for this day, Lord. And I pray that as we go out from this place, Lord, that we would just make your name on high. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.